BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Powered by Riverside. Hey everybody, this is Uriah Young along with Christopher Klein on the Sixer Sense podcast. Unfortunately, Lucas is not here with us tonight, but Chris, I want to welcome you back with open arms. How have you been, my friend? I've been pretty good. Thanks. I'm I'm glad to be back. I have obviously not been here in a minute. For those who don't know, I spent the last couple of months working at a summer camp up in Pennsylvania. I've basically been in the woods for two months, and now I'm back out. So I'm excited to be back to talk about the Sixers, to start covering this team in full again. Yeah, I'm just glad to be back on the podcast. So how did you feel when you heard that Joel Embiid was traded? Did you, did you, were you shocked at that? <laughs> yeah, it was a rough night. Um I'm still catching up a little bit, but I, I managed to stay up to date on all the major stuff, all the Sixer stuff. Of course, I I'm aware that PJ Tucker is now a Sixer, which is very exciting. Mm. Uh, but yeah, this is my first chance to really talk about that stuff, so I'm, you, I'm very excited. Did you run into some good Sixers fans up there at this camp, counselors or kids? Not uh, most of the kids. Frankly, we're like from New York or Florida, so a lot of oh, okay. a lot of Brooklyn fans, a lot of Nick fans. <laughs> yeah, well, it's good to have you back. And if you listen to any previous episodes, whenever Lucas would mention your name, and he's like, "We want you back," I was kind of being a Grinch. I was like, "No, nah, I don't want him back." Just know that I was just joking, man. <laughs> I'm really glad to have you back. <laughs> yeah, so let's jump into this this agenda, man. All right, so. On Wednesday, the NBA released the full schedule for all 30 teams. The Sixers are going to be on national TV 34 times this season, Uriah, 23 of which I believe are on ESPN, TNT, and ABC. That's up there among the most in the NBA. I believe they're like fourth or fifth. Mm -hmm. What do we make of their status compared to other teams as, as far as national TV goes? Listen, I'll just give a, a rundown of, of what it looks like. The top team is going to be the Warriors, and that is to be expected because they ran away with the championship, right? The Lakers, they have 39 appearances on national TV. Also, you expect that because LeBron James is still playing in the league and the season he is projected to break the record of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, I keep rushing his name. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's record, scoring record, has lasted for decades. I never thought I would ever see the day that someone would come close to that, but LeBron is projected to take down that uh, record. And then the Celtics, they have 37 televised games on national TV. Look, they went to the finals, so you can't argue that. I would think, Chris, that the Bucks would be higher than Phoenix. That's just my opinion. The Mavs have Luka Doncic, so that's no shock. As far as the Sixers, though, Hear me out. The combo of Embiid and Harden is is legit. This team is going to be box office with Tyrese Maxey about to be shot out of a cannon in his third season. The NBA fans and, and I, I, clearly the Sixers fans are really curious about what a healthy full season that these two juggernauts will be like, Embiid and Harden. We saw them gel in a limited range of time, Embiid improving his pick and roll effectiveness. Harden makes everyone better on this team. I'm not surprised at all that the Sixers have so many nationally televised games. 
I'm just ready. I got my popcorn ready. What about you? Yeah, no, I'm not surprised either. I I think this you could argue that this is the best team Embiid has had around him, especially mm-hmm. in terms of depth. Like the bench has never been this solid. James Harden, I I don't fully know what to expect honestly, but I I'm hoping that he's going to be better, that he's going to be in a better shape, better condition after a full summer to rehab and to train. Like you said, Tyrese Maxey, there's a chance he takes another leap. And considering his work ethic, one could call that likely. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the Sixers are going to be near the top of the Eastern Conference. That's the expectation. They have one of the running favorites for MVP every season at this point in Joel Embiid. They have a guy in James Harden who has been at the center of the NBA box office for over a half decade, almost a decade now. Like that team is just naturally going to be put on something of a pedestal. Now, whether they live up to the expectations, we'll have to see. They haven't really done that recently, unfortunately, but they have the chance to, they have the tools to do something special. And that's, that's shown in how often they're going to be in front of people's eyes. And I'm, I'm very excited like you. So I think if you look at, and I, I'm watching the, last dance for the fourth time i'm obsessed with that documentary have you seen it yet i've seen like two-thirds of it okay finish it (laughs) yeah finish that up and let me know what you think but i was watching it and there's a part where uh michael jordan ended up winning his first championship and i remember i was in high school when that happened they played the lakers and magic johnson like the, the lakers were getting long in the tooth and it was just mj's time and I, I guess coincidentally, it was his seventh season in which he finally broke through. He he went through hell with the Pistons. He went through hell with the Knicks, right? And he just kept winning. In his first championship, it was his seventh season. And guess what Embiid's season is this year coming? His playing season. It's his seventh. It's his seventh season. Yeah, so I, I don't know. It's a coincidence. It's the 76th year that the NBA has been around. Maybe it's fate. I know a lot of people are putting it out there on social media. I might drop a bet. You know, maybe I'll drop 7,600 bucks on the Sixers to win the championship. I don't know. I don't know where I would get that money, but I don't think that would make headlines. So maybe it'll be like a $76 bet. That seems like more in my range, but I don't know. <laughs> would you bet on the Sixers? It to, where would you bet on the Sixers to end up in the, in the postseason? Where would I bet on the Sixers to end up? That's a great question. I would say at least second round again. What? At the oh, worst. man. You're, you're Look, deflating my balloon right now. No, I'm not saying they won't go further. <laughs> okay. But, you know. But you would bet for them to at least get to the second round. Yeah. I don't, I don't think they're going to be worse than last season. I think they'll be a better team. They're in a okay. better spot. All right. All right. Speaking of which, Philly plays Boston on October 18th. That's opening night, the first game of the NBA season. It's going to be Sixers-Celtics, which is pretty exciting. Uriah, obviously beyond the rivalry stuff, Boston is a team that Philly is going to have to get through to win the East probably. They also play the Bucks the Thursday after that on TNT. Those are the first two games of the season for Philly. Maybe they're two primary contenders in the East this season. Would you say that's a fair statement? Do you think those are the top three teams in the East? I first want to say that you have to give props to Milwaukee and Boston, two phenomenal teams with excellent coaching, MVP caliber top stars. Yes, I know that Jason Tatum has never really been in that conversation, but this could be the year for him. And we know Giannis is is unstoppable, right? I think the Sixers are right up there, and I think they're going to be a problem for every Eastern Conference team. Miami, to me, Chris, was not that impressive in the playoffs. I think Bam is still not a force. I I still think he defers too much. Lowry is cooked. Heroes is is suspect in big games. And then, of course, Jimmy talks smack on Tobias Harris only because Embiid was hurt. And the the Heat have a Seahawkum elbow to thank for their Eastern Conference matchup. So I'm not – I don't want to dismiss what Miami did, but I, I don't think that they're a top three team. The Nets are a mess. The Knicks are just going to meander in mediocrity. 
The only team, Chris, that I think that might just pop up and surprise people are the Hawks for obvious reasons. They made a trade for DeJounte Murray. Yeah, I would say right now those would be my top three in the East. I don't know if I would put Philly number one. I think we're still a little bit in wait-and-see mode with respect to James Harden. Mm-hmm. Like We just can't honestly say exactly where he'll be. But like, like I think those are the top three teams. I think the Bucks would be like, if I had to pick a team right now, Bucks would probably be my favorite. But I definitely think Philly could win. They have the talent to win. They have the firepower, hundred percent. I I would put the Heat up there still. I I think Miami has earned that level of respect. Losing PJ Tucker is something of a big deal. PJ Tucker being in Philly is something of a big deal for both teams, but. Miami, I think, would still be up there as, like, the number four team for me. I agree that the Hawks could be really good if that DeJounte trade pans out. The Nets are just really impossible to peg at this point. Like, if they have Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and Ben Simmons, and they're all playing, that could be the best team in the East. But there's just so much bad energy around that team. Kevin Durant doesn't want to be there. They haven't seen Ben in a year. Who knows what's going to happen with Kyrie? Wait, we saw Ben. I saw Ben recently. Did you see him in the candy shop? Yeah, I did see him in the candy shop. <laughs> Look, he he went out on his own terms, didn't want to play here, and he'll be a forever villain in the minds of Sixers fans. But you can't go and invade a guy's personal space like that, man. Yeah. A guy runs on up him on him and while he's shopping. And while he ran up on him while he was shopping, he gave him the ultimate insult and called him Russell Westbrook. <laughs> so I don't know. It, he is out and about, Chris. He's not just in his man cave at home. Yeah. No, I mean, he was at the Summer League game. He, he's out and about. He seems like he's going to play, which is, is you know, good for him, I guess. But, yeah, I, I mean, unless if Brooklyn stays together and they figure stuff out somehow, they, they could be up there. They're probably the biggest wild card in that respect, but – if things keep going downhill and it just feels like that franchise is going downhill, then I, I think Milwaukee, Boston, and Philly are the real heavy hitters. Before we move on, the most important question up to this point, I just have to know, because I know you know these things. Uh, ben Simmons was shopping for candy. What candy was he buying? Oh, um, <laughs> I don't know what, is it mm. chocolate? Is he doing chocolate or is he doing like a, a sour candy? I could see Ben doing like a sour candy, <laughs> like Sour Patch Kids or something. Sour Patch Kids. I was thinking like, uh, I don't know, like Snickers. He looks like a Snickers guy. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I think the low-hanging fruit would be he'd be buying cotton candy because it's so soft. But anyway, let's transition. Ooh. Oh, wait, that is your, you like that transition. I'll keep that. I like that. Let me do that again. Let me do that again. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's Chris's favorite transition sound. Transitioning to the next topic. Here we go. We are now going to go to two separate rankings. One ranking has to do with the entire NBA. And then we'll get into the second ranking, which has to do with the Sixers players on the NBA 2K23 video game. So let's just get to this right now. So, Chris, uh, I'll just list the rankings. A very popular sports betting site. I'm not going to give them any free advertising. But they came out with a ranking, and I want to know what you think. All right, I'm going to go 1 through 10, 11 through 20, and then 21 through 30. Actually, I'll go backwards. The top lower teams, we have the Magic, Rockets, Thunder, Pistons, Pacers, Kings, Wizards, Blazers, Knicks, Spurs. 20 through 11. We have the Hornets, Hawks, Mavs, Lakers, Raptors, Pelicans, Jazz, Bulls, T-Wolves, and the Sixers at the 11th best based on this site. And the top 10 uh, power rankings for this site, Nuggets at 10, Nets at 9, Clippers 8, Mavs 7, Heat are 6, Grizzlies 5, huh. Suns 4, Bucks 3, Warriors 2, Celtics 1. What are your thoughts? I mean, just like I can go off what I personally have. I 
I don't think the Spurs should be anywhere higher than like twenty eight. Spurs are not going to be a good team this year. They're, I mean, I don't know how many games Keldon Johnson and Josh Primo are, are going to win for you, but <laughs> not more than Damian Lillard and Jeremy Grant. I don't think Sixers should obviously be higher than eleven. Again, the Nets. They're so hard to peg. If you're just like on paper and you're ignoring all context, sure, the Nets are better, maybe. But is Kevin Durant going to be there in two weeks? We, we don't know. Yeah, so, no clue. <laughs> he's not going to want to be there in two weeks. So um, I would put Philly higher. I would probably drop Dallas a little bit. Not mm. that the Mavs can't be, again, that's a team that's just in the conference finals. They have Luka. I'm not too mad at it. Ah, uh, yeah. I I don't know. I I have the Bucks at number one personally. I I think the Bucks would be my number one going into the season. But I can understand it being Boston. They have Malcolm Brogdon coming off the bench now. That's a team that got even better over the off season. Golden State is obviously the reigning champs. They're Golden State. They deserve to be up there. I don't have any huge, major qualms. I I think Brooklyn at nine is the one that really throws me off, just because we can't really tell what's going to happen with that team. I would maybe bump the Pelicans up a little bit from 15. I don't think the Jazz deserve to be at 14, especially with all the uncertainty around Donovan Mitchell. Like, I just don't think they're going to be very good, even if Mitchell stays. Gobert was a big part of that team's success. They're going to have a really bad defense. And I don't know if Mitchell can do it all by himself to the point where they're a top 14 team in the league. So that's a team I would bump down a little bit. Maybe bump the Hawks up a little bit from 19. Maybe bump the Blazers up a little bit. If Damian Lillard is healthy, and has the chance to be a good competitive team in the West. We'll have to wait and see, of course. But, yeah, I, I think Philly should be higher. But I don't have any huge, massive issues beyond Brooklyn. The massive issue is that the Sixers should be in the top 10. Even though Jamal Murray will return this season, the Nuggets, I don't think they're better than the Sixers. Look, the Grizzlies, I am on Team Ja. I love Ja Morant. He has officially moved up into my top three favorite players in the NBA. I have Embiid and Maxi as 1A and 1B. Jimmy's still my second favorite player in the in the whole league. And then you have Ja Morant. But come on. They, they're still young. They made a nice run. We're just going to have to see if they can do it again. The Hornets, Chris, I think they, they need to be a little bit lower. They're in such a bad place. Their they're one player uh, might be going to jail for domestic abuse, and that's not good. I don't know how that's going to turn out. You mentioned the Nets. You should just put a big either asterisk or a question mark next to them on this list because you have no idea who's going to be there, if there's any moves going to be made. The Mavs you mentioned – you can't be mad at, at them because they did go far in the playoffs, but they lost Brunson, and I I don't know how good defensively they'll be. Uh, we'll see how Christian Wood fills yeah. in. I, I think Wood has the capacity to be even better than Brunson. Like Wood's a really awesome player on mm. offense, and I think Luka's going to really help him out a lot if he buys in. He didn't really buy in in Houston. There were issues there, but... Houston was at the bottom of the league, and yeah. Dallas is not. So we'll have to wait and see there. And, like, again, even with Brooklyn, I, I understand the Sixers at 11. It's not indefensible. I, I, Denver has the MVP, and Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. coming back. That's a deep team. Like, the Nuggets could be really good. So just like we're saying, maybe it's the Sixers' year. Mm-hmm. It could be Denver's year, too. Like, that's 100% possible. But... I I think Philly has the personnel to be higher. I will say I like the Timberwolves at 12. I'm really interested to see how that team works out. I think they could be really good. Mm. Um, But, yeah, I agree. Charlotte is just kind of a mess at this point. I really don't know the direction that franchise is going with Lamelo. And, yeah, Miami at 6 is probably the one I would bump down the most just because if – I don't want to say they've reached their peak because Bam can still get better. Hero can still get better. But like you said, Lowry is on a bit of a downturn. They lost P.J. Tucker, who was a really important part of that starting five. Jimmy's getting older. Like, I'm I'm not 100% sure the Heat should be 
a top six team going into the season. They maybe in the regular season, like the Heat were the number one seed. They could win a lot of games, but I don't know if they're like one of the top six teams as far as who I think are going to win a championship. You know yeah, what I mean? I'll, I'll agree. The Heat should be lower. And you mentioned earlier that the Celtics are the top team. And I'm looking at the list. And then originally I said, well, why are the Celtics higher than the Warriors? And you reminded me that Malcolm Brogdon, who is one, of, I would say a top five point guard in the entire league, is coming off the bench. So that production top five, yeah, point guard, yeah. You want to? We can go into it if you want. CP three, Harden. All right, who's who else? Steph, Jaha. I mean, we'll just go down the list of these teams here. Uh, Drew Holiday, Luca. All right, never mind. Kyrie. <laughs> all right, Jamal you got me. Murray. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. You put you 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 put my argument to rest. My point is, is Brogdon is a nice player, and yeah. and he might be a top ten. Maybe I was a little lofty with top five. The one thing I want to say before we move on is, I think the Pelicans are going to make some real noise this year. They are my sleeper coming out of the West. Zion, I think, will come back hopefully healthy, and we saw what. Uh, CJ McCollum could do out there alongside uh, Brandon Ingram. So yeah, I, I like the Pelicans. They're going to raise a lot of eyebrows this year. And like you said earlier, the Spurs, I'm thinking they should be like 27, 28. I have the Spurs at 30. I think the Spurs are going to be bad. Wow. wow. They're not going to win many games. Okay. I, I, I mean, they just don't have the players. Their best players like Keldon Johnson. What are they going to do with that team? Keldon Johnson is a nice Nice role player. <laughs> he is, but like, I mean, yeah, the Spurs are going to be bad. I don't I understand you. that one. I got you. I got you. All right, so the next list for all the people who are video game heads, I love video games. I just don't have the time to play them. Do you play video games, Chris? Um, I, I play 2K occasionally okay. that's the only one i play so really i'm perfect for this conversation all right cool so nba 2k recently released player rankings for all the teams and the sixers let's talk the sixers roster i'll just go down the list top to bottom and then you tell me what you think about these rankings or ratings excuse me Embiid's at the top obviously he's a 96 harden 91 tyrese maxi is 85 Tobias Harris, 84. DeAnthony Melton, 79. P.J. Tucker is at a 78. George Niang, 76. Tied with Shake Milton, 76. Your boy, B-Ball Paul, is 75. Thibault is a 75. Daniel House Jr., 74. Isaiah Stroken Joe, 73. And then you got some really into-the-bench guys. Trevlin Queen, 72. Bassey, 72. And Cork Moss. <laughs> Wow, barely breaking in the 70s at 71. Rough so what are your thoughts? Yeah, it is roughly. Um, should Furkan be below Traveling Queen? I'm not <laughs> sure. That's fair. Yeah. It's a little hard. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I do appreciate Isaiah Joe being higher, though. I think that's – I would agree with that. I think it's time. Yeah. Is Harden at 91 a little high based on what we saw last year? Maybe. But, again, this is a guy with MVP pedigree who has been battling injuries for two years and just had his first full summer to train and rehab. So maybe he gets back to that level. Um, again, it's like wait and see. Um, I think Tyrese at 85 is pretty fair. Tobias at 84 might be a little a smidge high, but I'm not going to complain about it. I think Melton... And PJ as the fifth and sixth guys is pretty accurate. Um, I would say George is right there as well. And Shake, Paul, I, I think all those guys are pretty fairly ranked. Um, so, yeah, I don't have any huge issues. I think it's a pretty solid list. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I really don't have any huge arguments. I might bump Daniel House up a couple. Mm -hmm. I think you could argue he's better than Matisse and Shake and George. Mm -hmm. But on the whole, it's a pretty solid list. I have two, dis I have two things I want to uh, pick your brain about. Actually, I'll just say this about Harden, right? All right. 
Uh, Joel's 96. Could he have been a 97, 98, considering he's so good on both sides of the ball, considering he's such a, a great free throw shooter, considering that he's pretty much unstoppable in the post. But anyway, 96, I'll take it. Harden, I don't understand, Chris. How can you give a caveat about Harden? About, you know, oh, last season, we, you know, he didn't live up to whatever. And then you say, oh, he's MVP caliber. Which one is it? Is he MVP caliber? Because any MVP caliber guy is going to be in the 90s. Would you agree? I agree. Hard again, if Harden is who he was last season, then he should be a couple ticks lower, like 87, 88, 89, that range. Like Harden last season was still very good and still a tremendously impactful player. So I'm... I'm not saying that it's like ludicrously high, mm-hmm. but like based on last season, 91 is probably a bit of an overshoot for what Harden was I, at the Sixers. Uh, I, I would disagree. You were I, very I think, critical listen, of Harden in the playoffs. Listen, Harden led the, well, he didn't lead the league. He was second in the league in assists, and he's still a triple double machine when he wants to turn it on. He had a couple bad games against Miami, and that really stunk for us and for him. But I think, you know, Lucas says it all the time. I think that hamstring hampered him. And 91, I think, is fair. I think it's a fair, I think it's fair for someone who is such a threat anywhere on the offensive end. Maxi, I was a little surprised, but not really, that he was higher than Harris. <laughs> I wonder what Harris thinks about that personally. He'll probably never. He's better than Tobias. I think we all know that. Yeah, but does Tobias think he's better than him? I I, I don't think Tobias cares about 2K. Yeah, he probably doesn't care. Uh, uh, Let's see, who else? Reed, I thought you would have lobbied for your boy to be in the 80s, like 81 or 80. Well, look, he's like, he's 98 in my heart, but, you know, I can't have 98. So, no. Paul Reed seventy-five equates to his uh, vertical inch now that he's. That's true. <laughs> he's, he's actually his... just the the vertical leaps. Yeah. Um, could you argue for Paul Reed over Shake? Maybe, but I don't know if anyone wants to hear that argument. <laughs> I I doubt it. I doubt it. Thiebel, as much as I still think he has a lot of potential, a breakout year. I think Daniel House is better at this point. Isaiah Joe, I think he is where he needs to be. One thing I'll say before we move on is your rankings of the power forwards. There was a, I think it was Matt Cahill from the site. He like kind of was going at you with your rankings because you ranked Tobias pretty low. And I agree. There were some players you had above Tobias. I was like, what? Wow. Like low on Harris, man. I didn't have to buy that low. Yeah, I'd have to pull. I'd have to pull the the article up. All right, I had him at fifteen. He's like a middle. That's fair. It, all, out of all power forwards yeah. in the entire league, you had him at fifteen. Yeah. Mm. I was reading Matt's article, and he he was, I guess, doing a a, a rebuttal, and I kind of agree with him. You had him a little low there, buddy. <laughs> We're not going to revisit that though. I, I just thought that was an, unless you want to. I mean, we can. I'm happy to talk about it, but <laughs> why is that low? <laughs> Look, do we have to bring up the article? I'll bring I up have the article. the article right here. Okay, give me we your... want to talk right. about it? Yeah, who are your, at the end of last season going into this season, who are your top 20 right. power forwards? Let's just start at one. Giannis. Zion was number two. Right. Yakum was three. Of course. Four was Draymond. Five was Ben Simmons. Oh, my. Oh, um, oh, oh. Look, we got to move on. <laughs> um, fact that you six. had Simmons at power forward. Look, All right, Kyrie, go ahead. I had to put Kyrie at point guard, so I right, got to put him somewhere. Um, Jaron Jackson was six. Seven was John Collins. Eight was Evan Mobley. Nine was Al Horford. 10 was Julius Randle, 11 was Miles Bridges, 12 was Jeremy Grant, 13 was Dorian Finney-Smith, 14 was OG Ananobi, and then Tobias. I think that's fair. There are at least three players above Tobias that Tobias is better than. At least three. Or arguably, 
they bring the same value to whatever team they're on, on offense and defense. I don't know what to say. Who? Which three? Let's talk about give it. Me, give, all right, give me eight through 14 again. Eight was Evan Mobley. Nine a rookie? A rookie? Yeah. You, thought, you think he's better, better than Tobias Harris? Yeah, I do. Oh, my God. Can that rookie shoot threes like Tobias? What's his free throw percentage? Yeah, he has he has more blocks than than Tobias, but that's not his job. I give Mobley an all defense vote. He's one of the best defenders in the league. Like that well, helps. So is so is Matisse Thibel, but you give him zero credit for being an overall basketball because he can't player. play because he's complete garbage on offense. So Mobley's can not complete garbage on offense. <sighs> I, I don't I, I disagree with that. I would rather have Tobias Harris than than Mobley on my team. All right, give me like the next four or five. All right. Horford was nine. Yeah. That's a wash. We saw the playoffs. Yeah. Um at Julius Randall at ten. Miles Bridges at eleven. Jeremy Grant at twelve. Thirteen was Dorian Finney Smith. And no. fourteen was OG Ananobi. No, I'll give you OG, but Dorian Finney. And Jeremy Grant, I'd, I'd say Jeremy Grant and Tobias Harris are the same player, in my opinion, except Grant's younger. And there was someone else. I mean, Ben Simmons. I don't. I don't. I know you had to throw him in there, but <laughs> do you think Ben Simmons is better than Tobias Harris? Yeah. Yeah. Slight on. edge. Slight edge. Defensively, slight edge. He can't. He can't be on the floor, in in the fourth quarter. So, I'd rather have Tobias on my team. Anyway. I was just bringing up that your article struck a nerve with not just me, but Matt. And uh, I'll let you guys duke it out. So let's talk now about the last 12 games of the season for Philadelphia. I'm just going to go down the list here from March 20th to April 9th, Uriah. The Sixers are at home against Chicago, then on the road in Chicago. On the road in Golden State, on the road in Phoenix, on the road in Denver, at home against Dallas and Toronto, then back on the road against Milwaukee, then back home for Boston and Miami, then on the road against Atlanta, and on the road against Brooklyn. That's a pretty brutal last 12 games. Um, Do you think that should concern Philly? Like, I think that's pretty clearly one of the toughest schedules you're going to have to finish the season do you think that's a concern for fans first of all i'm looking at the list it reminds me of an nfl season when they reveal the games and then whoever your team is eagles or whoever and you look at a string of games out of the 17 you're like wow that's like eight that's like 10 games in a row of playoff teams and it's almost impossible to come out 500 i would be concerned because of this it's an 82-game season. The Eastern Conference has its share of competitive divisions, and the Western Conference does too. And four of those 12 games, Golden State, Phoenix, Denver, Dallas, those teams might be jockeying for position to gain home court advantage in their respective divisions. So you factor that in. Two games against Chicago. We know that that, that could be an important tiebreaker for us because Chicago is still a decent team. Uh, unless a team like Boston or Milwaukee has a really great record and they're just not really interested in that game because they're trying to rest their players, it's going to be tough. And and I think that this is not a favorable schedule for the Sixers. I don't know who made this schedule. It's probably someone who hates the process, but what do you think? Yeah, I, I wouldn't be super concerned about it right now. Like, will it be inconvenient if the Sixers are in a tight battle for seeding? Yes, of course. It's it's definitely has the potential to be a bit of a rough stretch. But, I mean, ultimately, the regular season only matters so much. If we get to game 70 and we're pretty confident that Philly can contend for a title and we like that team's chances the difference between the one seed and the three seed is significant. Like you want home court advantage, but if the Sixers are the three seed instead of the one seed or the four seed instead of the three seed, it's not the end of the world. I I, I think what really matters is how good we feel about the team 
in general and not exactly where they land in the standings because they were the four seed this past season and we all thought they had the chance to win it and they might have made it to the conference finals if everyone was healthy. So seeding is not the end of the world. It's not the end all be all. So I, I'm not too pressed about it. It It's definitely a tough stretch and it could really be bothersome once we get there and we're in the thick of it. But I mean, if Philly's good enough, frankly, they should still win more than half those games. They should still be fine. They're going to make the playoffs. I don't have any like real yeah. concerns there. So it only, you know, the concern can, can only stretch so far. As long as we all feel good about that team as a contender, that stretch isn't really going to freak me out too much. Okay. I'll be the worry wart of the group. <laughs> <laughs> so let's look at it holistically now, Uriah. We know the schedule. We pretty much know the roster. There's doesn't really feel like much is going to change between now and opening night. How high are your expectations for this team? Well, I think before you left, I don't know if you remember, I said I don't have any more expectations because I get too emotional with this team. Do you remember me saying that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, so. I changed my position and <laughs> I have expectations now, Chris. And those expectations are the Sixers will be in the finals. I am not willing to say that they will win the championship because it's so hard. I, I don't think, listen, I, I, I'm going to go back to the process years. I'm going to die on the hill where I think the process wasn't necessary tanking for all those years. And it's because when I watch sports and I'm probably one of the few people that feel this way, I watch for a competitive game. I just want to see a good competition because the reality is winning the whole thing is so hard to do. You need a, a good franchise, a good culture, a great coach, a great roster, uh, and you need healthy players. And to get all of those all aligned, all the stars aligned and everything, it's just very difficult to do. So I don't think, even if the Sixers have all that good stuff happen for them, I still can't say that they're better than Golden State or that you know Memphis doesn't take another leap or that they even get out the East against Boston. Yeah, I, I think that's the right way to look at it. Championships aren't everything. Only one team, like you said, can win every year. And there's so many factors both in and out of a team's control that go into who wins it. So I, like you, expect the Sixers to compete. And they have the roster to be one of the best teams in the NBA, and they should be striving to be in the championship conversation. Do I think it would be an unequivocal failure if they get to the conference finals and lose? No. It might not even be an unequivocal failure if they get to the conference semis and lose in seven to Giannis and the Bucks or something like that. Like, hmm. those things happen. Like, was the Jimmy Butler year, you know, remove from your mind what happened afterwards, was hmm. the Jimmy Butler season where they lose in seven – on a wild bounce to the eventual champion. Was that a failure? Was that a failed season? I don't think so. It like what happened afterwards sucked and kind of like ripped away all the promise and potential of that team. I agree with you. It's, it's really not championship or bust. That's, I don't think that's the way to look at it. I'm glad you brought that up. That, that lucky bounce. I, I bet you if Kawhi did that, if he shot that same shot in the corner a hundred times in a row, he, he probably wouldn't make that shot. Falling out of bounds with Joel Embiid 7-1 in his, in his face, that it was just such a lucky shot. To my last, I, I don't think I elaborated enough, but when the Sixers started losing on purpose, I was like, uh, what are we doing? I knew what we were doing, but they just kept doing it. And again, when I go watch the game or on TV or in person, I, I just want to see these guys compete. If they lose, so be it. You know, if they don't have the right roster, so be it. But to get a championship is so difficult to do. And of all the teams, you mentioned the 2019 team with Jimmy. I meant to ask you, do you think that roster is better than the current roster? It's tough. I, again, it's really all going to come down to how James performs next year. No, no, like no. Just 
No, no, just comparing like that, like just James Harden is who he is today. Like he wasn't terrible last season. No, he was still he good. Wasn't. But yeah, look at no. they got you had Jimmy, you had JJ on that team, and this yeah. you know we have Harden and some of his former teammates. Like who do you think has the better roster? I I, I think Jimmy that season was probably at a slightly higher level than James was last season. Okay. I think Ben, for all his flaws, was probably at a slightly higher level than where Tyrese is at right now. Mm-hmm. But again, Tyrese could make a leap. So it's really tough to say. I think it's close. I think those are obvious. That's obviously the main point of comparison. Like if we're going to argue that this season is the best team Embiid has had, we're comparing it to that team. Right. That is the gold standard as far as Embiid's career goes. I definitely think this team has a chance to be better. Like it's a very well-rounded group. The stars all complement each other to certain extents. Like Maxi really benefits from James Harden. Tobias is in a better spot now than he was back then. Joel has gotten better, significantly better. The bench is better. There's more defensive versatility with this group. I definitely think you could make an argument for it. But that that's definitely the point of comparison. Like it's an interesting conversation to have. And I'm I'm honestly not sure what my answer would be. I'd have to think through okay. it more. But yeah, it um, is interesting. And I tell you what will be more interesting this season is not so much how someone is going to play, but how someone might fall out of the rotation. Is it going to be Shake? Is it going to be Niang? Is it going to be Matisse? We'll just have to wait and find I, out. I mean, honestly, again, that's like an interesting conversation. If you want to have it, like, have we talked about who we think is going to be in the rotation this year? I think we did, but we can we can talk about it again when Lucas is here because I, I want to hear okay. what he says. Okay, we're going to round out the podcast with some surprises from the offseason. Chris has been away, but he has been staying in touch with everything going on in the NBA. But we haven't heard his opinion since he's returned. So, Chris, what would you say is a a big surprise that caught you off guard this offseason around the NBA? Um, Well, I mean, I think there are two obvious ones, right? Mm -hmm. Like the Kevin Durant request was a bit of a shock mm-hmm. um i i mean again i was sort of disconnected from it all when it happens so i don't know if there was like a build-up but i like checked my phone in the morning and it was like kevin durant demands a trade and i was like holy moly that's big um so that was one of them and then the other one is obviously the gobert trade which didn't come out of nowhere i think we all knew that he was probably going to get traded I don't think we knew he was going to get traded to Minnesota. I thought that was super fascinating. And I know a lot of people have criticized Minnesota for what they gave up. They gave up a lot. They have like four picks in a swamp and a lot of players. And, you know, there are going to be people on different sides of the fence as, you know, do we think the Gobert Towns thing can work? Can you do Twin Towers like that in today's NBA? I don't know, but you guys know me. I think Rudy Gobert is really <laughs> freaking good. I think you pay that price for star, superstar level players, and I think that's what Gobert is. Is this some type of bias because you yourself are tall? Is that what this is about? Aren't you like 6'10"? No. I'm 6'3". I'm, right. I'm very tight. I was off a couple inches, but... <laughs> anyway um look gobert is one of the best defensive players of the last 30 years cat is a really awesome offensive player anthony edwards is his trajectory is like pointed at the sky right now that could be a really good team i think that team could be better than what utah has been the past few years like the wolves have the chance to be in like a top four seed in the West. Like I, I think that's a real possibility for them this year. So I admire the bold move that they made. I, you know, it's a risk. 
I cat playing like power forward next to another center. That's bold. Uh, it might not work, but if it does work, it it could really work too. You know, there could. aren't a lot of teams could to defend them. Could could could. Let me jump in and say the real star of that team is Anthony Edwards. That guy might as well as have SpaceX on the back of his jersey and Georgia Bulldog. By the oh, way, he is a Georgia Bulldog. I forgot. He's so yeah. fun to watch. He's a he's a decent actor. He's a great <laughs> athlete. I love his highlights when he. You know, we don't. I don't think the Sixers have had a guy that could dunk like him since I don't know. Um, who's the guy that would do warm ups? Last year, Lucas was like, oh, did you see him warming up? He was a good dunker, like a G League player. Oh. You know what um, I'm talking about, right? I know who you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, but just... anyway, so my point is, like, they, the Timberwolves have a great young player who's athletic and can do it all. Cat is Cat. We know what he gives you, but Gobert is going to be interesting fit. I completely forgot about that trade because <laughs> I don't value him as much as you do. So to me, I'd say the surprises that really flash in my mind is the Murray trade to Atlanta. I was flabbergasted mm-hmm. how San Antonio could trade away their best player and a guy who's so young. That backcourt's going to be a problem for a lot of teams. That'll be fun to watch. John Wall signing, that was really eye-opening to me to know that he's going to be teaming up with Kawhi and Paul George. That is a three-headed monster. I'm not looking forward to seeing. I, I mean, like... He's probably going to come off the bench, though. <laughs> um, I don't is know he? if he's the third best player on that team at this point. I mean, he, he well, wait a minute. He still can get you twenty and seven. He had he had twenty points a game last time he played in Houston. Yeah, but like in Houston, with who? You know what I mean? Right, and he's only going to be better with better players around him, right? I don't know. We'll see. I could be totally wrong. I'll happily eat my words. I, I have so who's but... who's the starting point guard on the Clippers? Reggie Jackson's been really good for the past couple of years. Reggie Jackson over the former number one pick. You gotta put you gotta put Wall in there at point guard, man. No offense we'll to Reggie Jackson. That's just my opinion. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. I, I'm happy to be wrong. <laughs> we'll see how, how John Wall looks. Yeah. But and, and one other thing, uh, LeBron, did you see him re-signing with the Lakers? I didn't see him re-signing with the Lakers. Uh, yeah, I mean, where where is he going to go at this point? He'll go to Cleveland. Like it all, like full circle, twice. <laughs> He's got so much business going on out in LA. I, I, I really don't see him leaving unless his son gets drafted. To a particular place like Bronny, his other sounds pretty good too. Honestly. Yeah, but yeah. I, I I wasn't too surprised by the LeBron thing. I I I do think Dejounte Murray is really interesting because that's not a guy who plays off ball a lot, and neither is Trey. Like Trey, I think is going to have to adjust his style a little bit to accommodate Dejounte, and if Trey can do that, because Trey's a great shooter, and if he can really weaponize his like gravity off the ball with Dejounte, I, I that could be a really powerful dynamic. It's really going to come down to how much Trey is willing to sacrifice and how much Dejounte is too. But that could like crash and burn, or it could be really awesome. It just depends on how those guys approach it. But yeah, I mean, look. In my mind, maybe only in my mind, Gobert is like a top 15, 20 player. And the Wolves just added a top 15, 20 player with Cat and Edwards, who I agree is going to be really, really freaking good next year. Like that team could feasibly be up there in the West, like making some noise. And I agree with you about the Pelicans too. That's a team that could, if Zion is healthy, make a lot of noise in the West. And those are two very exciting teams for me. I'm really interested to see how they pan out. Um, but yeah, I, it's been something of a weird summer for me and for the NBA. And I'm excited to see how it goes. Yeah, I definitely think that this season is going to be just as entertaining as last. And hey, have the rookies coming in. I know you're, are you big on Chet? I'm Chet so big on Chet. <laughs> so big on Chet. You have his jersey yet? Is that you guys? No, but that's a great idea. I'm gonna have to look into it. He reminds me of KD a little bit, a little bit. 
not as quick with the handle, but the, the build, the the audacity to take some of the shots that he takes. I, I like Chet. A lot of Paolo. Gobert comparisons for Chet. Um, <laughs> what? Are there? Yeah, on defense at least. I, I think that's a bit unfair. That's oh. kind of a high bar to set. But yeah. Yeah, I, I like I like Chet. I like Paolo. I like Jabari. I like all the top three guys. What's up with Murray and Paolo going at it in these random leagues in the offseason? Yeah, I did. I did. I'm not really sure what Shante is doing this summer. Seems like he's making some questionable choices out there, but it's kind of lame. It's kind of lame when you think about it. It is kind of lame, but like, you know, Trey is such a good villain. Maybe the Hawks are just setting themselves up to be the team that everyone hates. Yeah. Because they have Trey and DeJounte out there doing whatever they're going to do. Yeah. Right. It'll be interesting. It least. will. It will. All right. With that, I guess we'll, we'll have to sign off for this episode. Uriah, thanks for welcoming me back. I'm excited to be back and to talk Sixers moving forward. To all our listeners, as always, thank you for tuning in to the Sixers Sense podcast. Please like, subscribe, and follow along if you can. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or Audible. Or you can listen at our website, thesixersense.com, and read our work there as well. We're on Twitter and Facebook at Sixers Sense. So until next week, everyone, peace out. Go Sixers. And we will talk to you soon. Powered by Riverside. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.